Our latest episode of Soundtracking, in association with The White Company, sees a return for a third time of two of our favourites. Writer-director Ben Wheatley made his debut on our very first show, whilst composer Clint Mansell walked us through his back catalogue in our 52nd outing, including his magnificent work on Ben's adaptation of the J.G. Ballard novel High Rise. Ben then returned to talk about the jazz-funk score for Free Fire, with Clint joining Duncan Jones in Los Angeles to discuss Duncan's future noir thriller, Mute. That conversation, I have to say, was an awful lot of fun and well worth checking out if you haven't already. Now, at last, we've managed to get Ben and Clint in the same room to tell us all about their latest collaboration, Happy New Year, Colin Bursted. Very loosely based on the Shakespeare play Coriolanus, it tells the story of Colin, who hires a lavish country manor for his extended family to celebrate New Year. But, as we all know, family gatherings over the festive season rarely pass without one or two cataclysmic moments, and Colin's wee party is no exception. Happy New Year, Colin Bursted will be showing at selected cinemas up and down the UK as part of Q&A Tour with Ben. Now it runs from the 20th of November at London's BFI through to the 1st of December at Nottingham Broadway. Head to at Rook Films for all the dates and cinemas on the tour, which include Brighton, Exeter, Bristol, Birmingham, Tyneside, Liverpool, Glasgow and Manchester. It will also be, fittingly enough, screened on BBC Two in the UK in between Christmas and New Year. Speaking of which, now here's a question you might not want to answer or in fact hear. Have you started your Christmas shopping yet? Well, let our friends at The White Company make that thought slightly less stressful. Now there are some people in my family that are very easy to buy for and some not so much. I love the idea of having somewhere I can buy gifts for everyone. And The White Company is just the place. PJs for my dad, gorgeous pampering products for my mum, lovely books and soft toys for my nieces. You might prefer gift boxes for friends or a gift card or e-card for colleagues. It's all available from The White Company. The other great thing is their premium gift box service, which means none of that dreaded Christmas Eve wrapping. You'll then get to spend more quality time with friends and family. What is not to love about that? Find out more about why they are the gifting destination at www.thewhitecompany.com or pop into one of their stores. I think I certainly owe Ben and Clint a present, or at the very least, hate of the dog. We kick off part three of our soundtracking odyssey together with Clint's cue, Music Still with Shouts, as the pair of them reflect upon their hangovers following the Happy New Year Colin Bursted London premiere. Clint and Ben, this is really nice because you've both previously been on the podcast twice and we bring you together (laughs) for the third time each. Yes! (laughs) I'm so chuffed that you're both here because we were lucky enough to chat last night at the London Film Festival, Clint, about Mm -hmm. your relationship and congratulations on your new film. Thank you. Happy New Year, Colin Bursted. You're feeling a little bit fragile today after the premiere last night? I don't know what it is. It's like an allergic reaction (laughs) to something. 
maybe I had a bad ice cube or something. Popcorn, it's <laughs> allergic yeah, to popcorn. Popcorn. I was up quite late, and, my, and Amy jumped my missus. Is uh, she's going? Oh, I've got a hangover. I didn't even drink. So I don't know. By it's, osmosis. Yeah, well, just by being up. I think it's yeah. uh, half of hangover is dehydration and being up too late. Yeah. As, yeah. You, as you go into your declining years. I don't go out much, but I <laughs> uh, about a month ago I had three nights out in a row, Oof. and. They weren't crazy. Well, the last one was a Saturday night. That was a bit crazy. But the first two was like a barbecue at a friend's house. Second one was a screening. Third one, okay, we went out and had dinner and had a few too many to drink. But it wasn't like, you know. Party, party. Literally, for the next week, I felt like I had jet lag. It was just like I was exhausted. Just can't can't do it anymore. Can't do it. But for... For good reason, because the new film is brilliant. I felt like I was watching my own family. Can I start, Ben, about the idea? Well, it actually started with Tom Hiddleston, weirdly. When we were doing the casting for High Rise, I had to go meet Tom, I had to go and see Coriolanus yeah. with, with him in it and talk to him afterwards, and it was terrifying because I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to have to talk to Hiddleston about Coriolanus. He's obviously been living it for months yeah. and knows everything, yeah, knows everything about <laughs> it, and I was like, oh, shit. And so I was in the bar at, in the intermission looking in Wikipedia about Coriolanus going, oh, God, OK, OK, I think I can talk like vaguely humanly. To him about it, and then um, anyway, so it was fine. And then I went home, and I thought, oh, you know what? I, I, I the only way I'm going to understand this thing is by breaking it down and having a look at it, and 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 you know, without being too much of a terrible um, sacrilegious big head, I was going to rewrite it and turn it into a modern version of it. So yeah. I started looking at it, and I thought, well, what if it wasn't princes and armies and wars and stuff? What if it was just a family or having a row, which is kind of so I reduced it back the other way, which is usually the, the Shakespeare stuff is more, you know, when it's made into movies, is more like blown up and it becomes, yeah. well, but I thought, no, reduce it back the other way. So that was the beginning of it. So a lot of the rhythms of the film are from Coriolanus, even though would not stand up to any kind of academic study. I think you're wrong, though. <laughs> I think in years to come, right, there's going to be film study courses that we would quite brilliantly use that because I think it's brilliant. It's so relatable. That's what I love about it. Yeah, well, it, I, I, you know, if you're going to nick, you nick from the best, don't you? It's like <laughs> rob, robbing wholesale through Shakespeare's work. You know, he's already the story's already great, isn't it? You can't go wrong as long as you don't knacker it up too much as you as you adapt it. So that was the basis of it, and then and then I had this comedy title for it which was Colin Uanus and uh, and, uh, and basically the script was just a piece of paper with Colin Uanus written on it for a very long time and me chuckling to myself about how funny that was and, and telling we still are yeah, I'm talking and telling people going it's called Colin Uanus oh. uh, and that got all the way into to, it's all on the clapperboards and we all had rap parties with t-shirts until someone said no you can't call it that because you'll never sell it anywhere so it had to be changed but um, yeah, that was the start of it. And then the other thing was I just wanted, really wanted to work with Neil Maskell again. You know, that was the first role, the Colin role was written specifically yeah. for him and then it kind of grew out of that. The casting's just perfect as well and those relationships and the subtleties. And I was reading some stuff today where they were kind of saying, you know, the cast, you, we did what was on paper and then Ben kind of let us have a bit of a play with things as mm. well. It's that important to kind of just, just let them breathe really and, and let them explore. Yeah, I mean, a lot of the films are done like that. I mean, mm. High, High Rise and Field in England weren't like that, mm. but all the other films were, were, were made like that. And, um, you know, it ends up probably 80-20, maybe, but with improvisation being the, the 20-20% part. Yeah. So a lot of it is scripted, but the, the improvisation versions really help the scripted versions because it loosens them up and backwards and forwards. And when you get a cast together that's like as good as that was and who are as good at improvising as all those guys are, well, you, you'd be mad not to yeah. dip into it. You know? Get in on it! Just need to take a little chill pill now, I think. Thanks for all your advice, Jim. 
bit like Jeremy Carl and shit. It's right. So, thank yeah. you very much, John Lennon. If anyone else wants more, I'm happy to serve it up. That is a problem that can't talk. Colin, sometimes you the small little voice and not always like the loud raging voice. Yeah, you listen to the little voice a lot, don't you, Sham? Try counting to ten before you speak. You try it. I look retarded. Retarded is off the menu. Is it? Great. I'll say that all day long. Well, you shouldn't. Oh, God, I'm exhausted already. Mm. Try a little bit of, like, lavender on your pillow before you go to bed. Is that what you do, Warren? Is no, that how you yeah. Most people would have fired her out of a cannon into a wall by now, wouldn't they? Yeah, you go. Like born in China. Yeah. Joking, joking. How did you know that Clint was the right man for the job for this particular film? Having worked with him before, but then, you know, having worked with different people on the film following that. Sorry to talk about you as if you're yeah, not here for a second. Oh, he's over there. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fascinating. <laughs> now he's going to find out. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody else said no. <laughs> well, I tried. I'd, I'd found a bit of software that you can hum into the computer and it writes it down as music. So I was really excited about this and I shared it with Clint and I was like, you know, and that was the moment I thought, I'm off. You know, I can be John Carpenter. I can make my own music. It's finally... Finally, the moment has come, and I, and I, I, you know, I always thought it's because I can't play the piano, all these things. But if I could just hum, then my inner song would come out. And I did it, and I played it. It was so bad, and it was, <laughs> and that ambition disappeared again, possibly forever now. You know, but yeah, no, you know, I just was, I wanted to work again with Clint mm. after High Rise, so we were, we were chatting for, and we meet up whenever I'm in town and have a beer. So it, it was just kind of waiting for. The, to actually do some work. Yeah. We've been talking about other films as well and, that, and they hadn't been financed, so it's kind of, I was like, oh, damn. And it's kind of similar to that whole, you know, getting the band back together again. Yeah. Just going, <laughs> if we can just get to come out to play with all these really amazing people, but you have to make a film. <laughs> Unfortunately, yeah. so you kind of... Oh, there's a point to this, isn't <laughs> there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. At what point did you come on board and start having proper conversations about uh, where the, the film would go kind of musically? Oh, I mean, it, it was it was shot. Uh, I, I mean, I knew something was going on because I'd seen the Colin Uanis clapperboard <laughs> from on Laurie's. Uh, we all follow Laurie on Twitter. Instagram account, <laughs> you know. Um, and like I was thinking, oh, Ben's making another film. What's going on? <laughs> Nobody's saying anything. I'm going, well, you know, okay, fair enough. And then one, one night, I can't remember. I've condensed it all into one night. I can't remember whether it is, but I think he WhatsApp me and said, do you want to see what we've been doing or something? I said, yes. I watched it, and then we talked about it. It all seemed like it happened about 20 minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. which is like how the whole film was made, really. <laughs> but yeah, so I think he sent me a link or something to watch it, and uh, I watched it straight away, and um, oh, I loved it, you know, and... And uh, we were talking about it afterwards, and he said, do you want to do it? And I was going like, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'd, I'd have been really depressed if you hadn't asked me to do it, you know. <laughs> but I loved it, you know, because I, not that it was unexpected, but I suppose, you know, not giving anything away, but, you know, nobody dies in it. But, but when I was watching it last night, though, I realised that, like, bloody hell, it feels like somebody is going to die, though, you know. Yeah. And I'd never noticed that when I was yeah. working on it. You know, when... Um, when Sam's character has gone down the pub and then, yeah. you know, the others are sort of stood outside having a cigarette and they're talking about Colin being out of control and that. He said, God, he's not going to do with me. Yeah, I thought <laughs> I he was going to disappear when he went for his run at one point. I thought someone was going to have him when he went for his run. Yeah. M m mainly having a coronary, <laughs> I think it would be. <laughs> <laughs> Tripping over his trainer. Yeah. I swear to God, the way he left that room, you know, cackling, he was like a fucking laughing Nazi. Did you see him? He's out of order. He's fucking out of order. So he speaks to people. So he's always spoken to people. Sound of his own voice. He's got, like, it's a weird power thing that he does. You know, he puts people down. A power thing? You see the size of our room? Exactly. We're in a fucking castle. You yeah. see the size of our room? Yeah. Mine's lovely. I've got two sinks. I think it's a beautiful film. I mean, it was... It, it, 
when Sam's character does the song, I just thought, man, this is genius, you know, because like you have been wound up as you are in those sort of situations, you know, and yeah. everything, everything's emotional and sort of overheated. So that song just felt really, I mean, I suppose it's very easy for something like that to be cheesy, I suppose, you know, mm. but it just feels mm. so earned and such a great release, you know. I just thought, oh my God, it's really, really plays with your emotions. Watching well, the film. I mean, what happened with the song was that I'd been chatting to Sam and I said, can you write a song for the end, right? And that you're going to play. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Caught him at a vulnerable point where he just agreed to it. <laughs> and then we never heard the song. We never heard it. I never, I never listened to it. Never played it for me until we got there on the day. And oh then the first time I heard the song was when he plays it in the film with the rest of the cast. So we were all like, oh my god. <laughs> and it could have been anything, yeah. which is really crazy. And yeah. so, and that whole sequence at the end plays out in what in the filming of it in real time. So the old Lang Syne and and the Seeger song as well, yeah. and and. Um, Charles Dancy's speech is all like one big chunk. So we were sat there and just everyone, all the all the actors crying is them crying. <laughs> wow. for, for real, you know. And all the edit and the edits in that stuff as well. He's not shot doing the song one way and then everyone, you know, cut and then we go around and shoot their reactions. Yeah. It's two cameras, one on Sam and one on on the actors and it, and, and their reactions. So all the a- reactions are in real time to the real moment. That was quite something. But it could have been yeah. really terrible. <laughs> it could have been. I mean, really, the odds are that it should have been yeah. terrible, you know. Had he, had he played it to anyone else? And, I think he, I mean, played, he what, played it to his, his wife, uh, his wife yeah. yeah. It could have been, dun, 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 dun. Yeah. oh, mum. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, mum. <laughs> yeah, like knees up Mother Brown type yeah. vibes, totally. Yeah. That's amazing. What a, but what a trust to put in him as well. Yeah, well, I'm because... the editor, so I'd have just cut it if it was rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> the camera would have drifted off. <laughs> Maybe Clint's piano theme would have come in over that bit, you know. <laughs> what did you, what parameters did you give him? Or what did you say to him? Did you say, I need a song? Yeah. Wow. That was it. That's amazing. And we were like, oh, my God, when he started singing, I was just like, oh, magic. That's amazing. Yeah. This is for you, man. A rose by any other name is a rose But Shakespeare never met Sandy or he'd have known To compare mom to a summer's day Doesn't even come close And yet I've hurt you more than most I know you needed me and I let you down In your hour of need I wasn't around I want to repent But I don't know how So I will try to spell it out S-A-N-D-Y I'm sorry for the times I've made you cry Oh yes S-A-N-D-Y I wish I could have Sandy. I love you, man. 
the score and the sound of the film is really clever what you've done with it. I think it's brilliant. I mean, I don't know what era it is. My, my history is uh, awful. Shakespearean, Elizabethan type of thing, yeah, wasn't yeah. it? You know, and that, that was something that Ben really wanted to... I suppose the hangover from Coriolanus, really, to sort yeah. of yeah. underscore it with that type of feel. But, but still with your take on that. I know as much about folk music as I you know, <laughs> probably know about this microphone, you know, <laughs> which is not a lot. But, you know, our sort of age group has certain touchstones with that, you know, like, like the Wicker Man or something. You know, mm. got that sort of pagan, folky, slightly odd... Python as well, it made me think of some bits of Python some places. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Is that? Well, I hope you take that as a compliment. Well, you know, I mean it's it like, a compliment. The, the, you know, kids' shows when we were growing up would oh, be kind of folky. Yeah, like you know, it's yeah, no. sort of a bit bit off. You yeah. Know? You know, the musicians that we, we, we got to play it, I sort of um, lent towards people who had more of a, that in their arsenal, if you like, so that we could, even though, yeah, it's it's probably going to be you know because it's written by me it might probably be a certain type of way but we'd still bring in a certain sort of authenticity to it that would support us i suppose you know uh, it was a lot of fun a lot of fun say to Clint you wanted for the music? We had a bit of temp that we put in initially which was, what was it, it was from Macbeth, yeah, mm. the Plansky Macbeth which was the three wow. third year band, third year band, third yeah, year yeah, That was basically to put in where I wanted the cues. The comparison between the bits of music is completely mm. is completely different. But it was just going, it's here and he goes to here. And then it was also some Eno stuff as well, wasn't it? Yeah, there was. So yeah. it was kind yeah. of there was there was the kind of Elizabethan stuff and then there was a bit of ambient seventies stuff. So mm -hmm. it kind of but then to be done Eno to be done as Elizabethan was the plan, wasn't it? Yeah. So it kind of feels yeah. so it all joins together as one.
it's that confidence in knowing when to have music and when it doesn't really need music as well. You kind of know exactly where you want Clint to create for almost really specifically. Yeah, I think so, because it, it has to be hand in hand with the edit. You know, and it's kind of crazy when I look, watched it the other day that there's like that one bit of music at start and there's half an hour before the next cue. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. just, uh, you know, yeah. until David turns up, it's yeah. like, boom. And I, and I really like that. And it, yeah, you know, I do. This is what my a big bugbear is when you get a soundtrack and you listen to it, you go, God, this soundtrack's amazing. Then you watch the film and go, wow, they just mixed it into the ground underneath a load of stuff and mm. all this amazing music's just got basically yeah. tipped down the drain, you know, mm. and, and I, and I want to hear the music, but you have to make a hole for it or, you you know, it has to be designed in a certain way, otherwise it's going to get mixed out and it just becomes like bubble, yeah. bubble, bubble, bubble underneath <laughs> yeah. a load of talking and a load of ambience, yeah. you know. Rather than it feeling like almost part of the narrative, yeah, part, yeah, of, this, yeah. part of the story. It, all that has to be integrated and that's part of I don't know how you do the post, you know, the, the, the post-production has to all come together at the same time rather than the kind of traditional way of doing a bit. You know, yeah. you, you cut it, then you do a mix and you do the track lay and then, then, then the composer gets involved in it at the late stage and then, you know, then it's all a big fight, you know. And also there's a fight in the mix as well, isn't <laughs> yeah, there? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I remember talking to, yeah. to, to Jeff Barrow about it and him going, was it the using a mix and they were just, it was the slamming of doors and yeah. subsonic noises all over the, the, the music yeah. and you're like, well... You know, Candles you... flickering, you know, <laughs> <laughs> or, or tuned tuned at the same, or like a, a pitch wrong to the music. Yeah, so, yeah. And, you know, and then, and then there's a fight between the between the composer and the and, and the sound designer, and that's like, and no one wins that battle. Yeah, yeah. Where does that lead you? <laughs> it's, it's like... Well, that that became a thing. I mean, maybe it still is, but like basically, yeah. Oh, we'll sort it out in the mix. So you got the kitchen sink in there, basically, you know. And mm -mm. It's, it's well, the department's coming at it from two different. Yeah. ideas I mean it's yeah. kind of nuts and, and because we've worked with um, Martin Pavey um, sound designer on all the films I've done and we've yeah. worked with, Clint and I have worked with him quite close really closely on High Rise already so yeah. the relationships were all there to make sure that that didn't happen but then this film's quite weirdly mixed as well because it's only it's like a stereo mix there's yeah. no surround in it so it's just straight out the front speakers mm -hmm. and what was the reason behind that well because it was so much talking and also I wanted to go back and make it feel like old films used to feel mm -hmm. like you know I didn't want a ticking clock behind somewhere <laughs> floating in yeah. space behind yeah. you or a helicopter coming over it's like yeah. it's just like it's saying here we are and also there's a technical reason for it it means you can't get stuffed up by bad cinemas with the surround sound being broken so you always know it's going to work. And I think, yeah. and I've slowly learned that over years of painful listening, finding in the film, all my films sound completely different in every cinema I go to. Yeah. But yeah, if you just blast it out the front. <laughs> 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 but yeah, but it makes it a kind of a mono yeah. feel, stereo mono feel. You know. The closing credits are just a joy to watch. Oh, it's brilliant. You guys love that like, you're just having the best time. Do you kind of feel left out and wish you'd been there? Well, I was hoping he's going to superimpose it, you in at one point. It, it, just in in real terms, no, because I'd hated to have seen myself <laughs> up there. For people you know. who haven't seen the film yet, you have to make sure you don't leave the cinema until you watch the entire. Did uh, look like fun though. Did I'll look like a lot that, of fun. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I've been thinking about it for a while. That you know, the way that films work is that the actors become obviously because their faces are all over it, mm. become the thing. And um, credits at the end, you never know who the people are who made the film, you know. And so this idea to put the actual crew into, so you can see them. See Such what, a nice idea. Yeah, and finally got to do it on this one. And it's quite a shock, you know, when you see Laurie Rose for the first time, and the camera's like there. Yeah. Oh my God, it's the camera. <laughs> you know, so it's great. It's lovely. It's really nice. In the same way, when you're watching a film that's about real people, those bits at the end, you just wait to go. Well, what happened? You know, yeah, those yeah, kind yeah. of little bits and stuff. It's yeah. it's such a lovely surprise where you kind of see everybody that's part of this team. Yeah, and it's also 
that it's the kind of we had the you have been watching title, which is from Eight Half Hot Mum and all those <laughs> yeah. things. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> experience of working on this differ to high rise if at all well no this was just really quick so it was more shot like field in england was so mm. i think it's a 10-day shoot and then that translated all the way through to the post as well so the edit was five six seven days something like that it was quick and then when we talked when Clint and i talked about it i said it was part of the the rationale of the music was this should be done as quickly as i've cut it mm -hmm. and as quickly as we shot it so there's not like and you know there wasn't going to be loads of backwards and forwards on it but then Got the demos in, I was like, oh, these are great, and that was it. <laughs> we didn't change a note, did we? I don't no, think. no, we like, did, no. Um, so that just wow. went straight in and it was yeah. done, you know. So, I, and, and that was just really, it felt great, you know, to work that quick. And we recorded it and mixed it in a day as well. I think we did a couple of mixes on a second day, but mostly it went wow. down. Yeah. Mixed live and mixed in the one day, you know. because the high rise was more like doing a Pink Floyd album. Yeah. So we were out for about six months. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Came back, my child was huge, had grown, I didn't, I didn't, dog was barking at me, no one knew who I was, you know. Yeah, yeah that's right. But it was, it, yeah, I mean, everything sort of fell in with the same spirit, I suppose, you yeah. know. And it, it feels like if you'd have done a different approach, you, you, you probably wouldn't have captured, obviously you, the stories there and all that, but there's, I think there's an element of, of the... Immediacy. Yeah, the immediacy of it that, that really... Yeah is an extra spark in it, I think. 
both performance-wise and, and, and music-wise. What's that li- uh, lift to the scaffold? You, got, you heard that one, the Miles Davis um, soundtrack, no. where you just, they just go get him in off the street, right. and, and oh. then he just goes... Real time. <laughs> to, to, to the yeah. thing, yeah, he did yeah. it in 90 minutes, yeah. and then they record it, and then it's that was the whole... Obviously, you have to be Miles Davis yeah. to be able yeah. to do that, but I love that, just, you know. So. Ah, there's the Rob. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I tried it with my software, you know, with the... Humming I, hum, the hummed it. Yeah. Like that, 90 minutes of humming. <laughs> in the scores do you get a kick out of it in terms of hearing your music being brought to life in that way and for you as well Ben knowing that this is something that's part of your creative process I think this one actually had a, a more fun element about it an enjoyment about it past few years I've been doing different things whatever, and, and I, I definitely felt like I was getting a bit kind of felt like I was wondering if I was done you know felt very much like I, I did when I left the band I was thinking oh god I, I'm just sort of sick of this but this film actually really rejuvenated me because it was fun and it, and it was like yeah, you know what this is what it's supposed to be like you yeah. know it's supposed to be enjoyable and have a good time and and do something that's cracking as well, you know. Yeah. And and also as well, because the sort of the music was yes, it was written, but we wanted the input from the musicians. And you know, it, obviously it wasn't a big studio picture, so you haven't got some person yeah. getting in the way. Yeah. You know, it, it, it was just like a good experience and going, Yeah, we're making music and we're making a film. It's it's so, it's so like it reminds me of like, you know, when we the first few independent records we made in the band, you know, you're just doing your thing and it's yeah. just you can't believe you're doing it, it's brilliant.
on high rise it's like working with a big orchestra it still passes isn't it and trying and you're hearing certain bits of it and you're yeah. going over it and over yeah. it and trying to squeeze it out and it, you know it, that becomes a process a big process it's like, itself, it's like it? exercising almost you know you're, mm-hmm. you're doing so much work yeah. you know and obviously that that's what it takes for certain things but yeah this was very sort of liberating and fun and, and I think that's what it needed you know high rise score was a big score wasn't it yeah massive yeah it was huge a classical beast really a lot of it obviously with yeah, kind so of you know bastardizing here and there sort of thing but it was it was this huge was, as i said last night i think there's a certain amount of insanity going on at the time. <laughs> i think there needed to be though do you know what i mean it kind of when you played that bit last night I yeah i know but that was like i mean that was a great example of a piece i think you know i think i said last night in the q a was that it's it's more than a piece of score on a on a film that yeah. piece of music is doing so much more it know, kind of plays away way, doesn't it? Sometimes. Yes, it does a little bit, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, it, I mean, that, that particular piece was really, uh, really driven by by Luke's performance. He's like the Pied Piper, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, you know, Wilder's character is completely on, on off the hook, you know? And, yeah, I, I, I could Im- kind of imagine it, you know? And it, it just came out like, good Lord. <laughs> <laughs> Take the stairs. Dacry for the screen sign. You blind as well as stupid. Look in my ear and tell me what you see. Our party. Our room! With Clint, you obviously really admire what he does as a as an artist and how he crafts score. But with this in particular, you said last night that when you had those conversations about where you wanted to take the score for for Colin, it was it's not a world that you knew about, so it's not a challenge, but it's kind of pushing you out of 
your normal realms, I guess, sort of yeah. thing. Is, is that a great thing when a director kind of does that and asks for that? Yeah, I mean, you know, I think you always want something to tickle your ivories or whatever the phrase <laughs> yeah. might be, you know. Right. <laughs> Checking where my ivories are. Uh, yeah, you know, and, and like I said, you know, Ben and I have got, a, you know, very similar sort of touchstones of what we've been excited about through our lives, mm. you know. So when he comes with an idea like that, I can I can kind of get it, you know, even yeah. though it's not my world. So, you know, suddenly you've got like, oh, yeah, OK, this is this is this will be cool, you know, because it, it's it's not like just doing the, something different for the sake of it. It's there's purpose to yeah. it and there's rationale, you know. But, you know, you are trying to do something different. And, it, it, yeah, I, I must admit, like, I was really blown away by it, you know. Um, I didn't listen to it, obviously, after we finished it. You know, I didn't really listen to it. And then me and Jeff sort of sequenced the record. And, you know, by that point, I've got quite some distance from it. And mm. you're going like, oh, yeah, this is all right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's going to be a quote on the front of the album. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Bloody hell, this <laughs> is all right. It's <laughs> great, says Kate Mansell, composer. <laughs> What's next, uh, apart from your tour around the UK with it? I'm not sure what I'm doing next. I'm kind of writing a lot of stuff at the what moment. What do you want to do next? Well, there's meant to be the extended version of Colin, which is like six hours of one-hour episodes for BBC. So that's hopefully what happens. That's a great idea. Yeah, so I'm writing that. So I've written three hours of that. <laughs> And <laughs> oh my god, that's genius! Yeah, it could be more really family good. members not talking to you. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's like um, I'm in a really lucky position with this movie because usually at the end of a film, I've killed every character, and they can be only only can be prequels. They can't be sequels. So this one, I've got loads of. They're all still alive, you know. So for the TV version, it'll be Hamlet, Macbeth, <laughs> and, and Othello, you know. So expanding and, and Wikipediaing them, and just copying those <laughs> plots out, and then expanding them into into a very long epic TV show. But That's brilliant. but hopefully that will happen. It's kind of muted at the moment, and it's been going ahead a bit. That's a great idea. I think it could be cool. Yeah. And I know that this is the film's going out on BBC Two between Christmas and New Year, which is. A- perfect timing for it because there's going to be so many families who have either just been through what they've watched <laughs> or are currently going through it which yeah. is just brilliant or about to go through it I come from a big family my mum's one of seven girls there was a lot of arguments kind of growing up and family get-togethers where people were storming out of rooms and it's amazing how watching the film reminded those moments sort of thing there's a particular Trivial Pursuit game that I had erased from my memory <laughs> that brought back very very quickly but I just think it's going to connect so Amazingly, it's a brilliant film, but also just because it is so relatable to so many, so many people. It's kind of universal. Yeah, yeah. That's that. Fingers crossed. That's mm. what will happen. Yeah. Yeah. Clint, what about you? What do you want to do next? 
Well, I'm actually working on a film. I just got a call from the producer while we were down. Was that him falling? They're looking for me, so I've probably been fired. Um, you know, I never like to really talk about yeah, it because I, I probably will get fired. But I am, <laughs> I, I, I am, re, I, I'm, I'm going to do the new season of Peaky Blinders. Amazing. Um, so if I get fired after that, um, I, at least I can say I, I was going to do it. But, um, <laughs> but no, I, I must admit, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Can you actively seek out to work with directors in the same way that Ben can kind of reach out to you and go, do you want to read it or look at it and do it? Getting to know Ben is probably the news. Only, only as much as I talked that I liked his stuff in an interview. You yeah, know. yeah. I don't know. You know, I, I always look at something and go like, okay, you see somebody's work. And and the reason I wouldn't have contacted Ben was because I well, he had a composer work. So you know, I wouldn't. Uh, you know, it's like stealing somebody's girlfriend or something. You know. <laughs> um, but you know, opportunities change and whatever. You know. But yeah. um, uh, no, I, I, I don't really tend yeah. to do it too much. No. <laughs> I really want to finish with a Christmassy type thing oh. on the show. So I don't know whether that's like, I don't know, your favourite piece of music from a Christmas related film or a piece of music that makes you think of Christmas or a piece of music you will be listening to <laughs> at Christmas. <laughs> Either of you think of something? And my favourite Christmas film is Brazil, Perry Gilliam's oh, Brazil. Oh wow, okay. So I go for Brazil the song Brazil isn't yeah it? amazing we'll play that then thanks so much for your time it's so great to get you both together as well it's really really special thank you thanks so much thanks for having us look forward to the next one cool cheers we have to have a tattoo now we've been on three times <laughs> I'll get you a certificate Brazil we were entertaining by Ben Wheatley, that's Jeff Mulder and Michael Kamen's theme from Brazil, rounding off this latest episode of Soundtracking with Ben and composer Clint Mansell. My huge thanks to Ben and Clint for taking the time to talk to us for a third time. No doubt they'll be back again at some point in the not-too-distant future. I do very much hope so. Happy New Year, Colin Bursted will premiere on BBC Two in December, with Clint's score available via our very good friends at Lakeshore and Invader Records. Now, Ben is also touring the film in the UK, so please do check your local listings or head to at Rook Films for all the details. We will share a Spotify playlist for this show with the tracks we played in the order they appeared, which you can link to via edithbowman.com. 
My website is also the place to subscribe to the podcast and catch up with all of our previous episodes, including Ben and Clint's previous outings. Another podcast well worth catching up on is No Such Thing as a Fish. If you're not one of their several hundred thousand subscribers already, well then you should be. In it, the team of researchers behind hit BBC TV show QI scour the earth for weird, wonderful and downright hilarious facts which seem utterly implausible but are completely genuine. And now they've written a book, it's called The Book of the Year 2018 and as a big fan of both No Such Thing as a Fish and QI, I am loving it. Among the bizarre gems they've unearthed are the fact that Mark Zuckerberg's private data was compromised while he was talking to Congress about compromised data. My personal favourite is that King Jong-un brought his own toilet to the Singapore summit with Donald Trump so that spies couldn't use anything he left behind to analyse his health. The Book of the Year 2018 by No Such Thing as a Fish is your definitive guide to the world's weirdest news. It is out now in hardback, ebook and audiobook in all good bookshops and online. Next up on Soundtracking, I am extremely excited to bring you Oscar-winning director Steve McQueen, talking about his incredible new film Widows, based on the 1980s Linda LaPlante TV show. I very much look forward to the pleasure of your company then. Thank you.